On today's episode, I speak with Andrew Serby, Chief Commercial Officer at Zephyr. Andrew and I discuss everything from how brands can cope in a social world filled with misinformation to why all of us could be a little less worried about using TikTok. I hope you enjoy this episode. Andrew, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Richard. Looking forward to talking with you. So you're Chief Commercial Officer at Zephyr. Tell us a little bit about Zephyr in case, you know, for the uninitiated and what you do there. Yeah, so Zephyr is an AI and tech company. And what we're focused on is making sure brand advertisers are fully able to get transparency into where their social advertising is going. We think that it's one of the biggest challenges if you're an advertiser is there's so much content being uploaded to these social platforms, particularly Meta, TikTok, YouTube. Um, but it's also challenging because it's it's so much content, right? And it's a lot of it is UGC, it's multimedia. It's just a really big technical challenge to be able to take the power of these platforms, but also make sure you're being ambassadors to the right kind of content and being adjacent to content that's suitable for each brand. So that's what we do. We analyze content on behalf of advertisers based off of the Garm industry standards, which is all around brand safety and suitability. And we help brands either align their message with content that's suitable for them and also measure that content on these social platforms, which we think are just the most important platforms that have ever existed in the history of media. And um, we're launched right now on TikTok, on Meta, and on YouTube. So it's been a really exciting time. My role really has been to focus our expansion into more of the measurement and insight space. We think the more marketers spend on these platforms, the more they need just more transparency, more insights that are really accurate to make sure that they're understanding exactly where their ads are appearing. As investment scales, they want to know where they are so they can improve their next campaign. So my job has really been to focus on the expanding our technology stack to be working across these multiple platforms, and then helping advertisers make sure they're ahead of the latest trends and the latest challenges. Because as you know, social media is changing every day. So using the technology to really go fast and deep into each of these social platforms. So many questions, but let's start with, um, I, I think probably one of some of the biggest news that, that you've had you know, in recent months. Zephyr was announced as the exclusive first feed verification provider for Meta, but you're also the first major misinformation measurement tool for TikTok. Tell us about how that came about, because, you know, TikTok is one of those one of those platforms that for a variety of reasons, um, I personally think it's just because older people don't understand younger people. And so they're scared of this thing. But, you know, there's a, there's a whole, you know, it's from China. People are worried about that. Tell us about how that came to be, that relationship. Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting story. So when, first of all, for, for TikTok, we are the first to measure misinformation. And I think a big reason behind that, there's two major reasons. So one was the idea of the Global Alliance for Responsible Media, which is really a consortium of some of the biggest brands, agencies, tech platforms in the world. And they came together and they defined what brand safety and suitability was because previously in the open web like in before the platforms really started to become such a big part everyone came up with their own categorization and everyone had their own taxonomy which basically was basically fear-based right so you'd scare advertisers into saying look at all this bad stuff there's 50 different categories so garm came together they created um what was really a much more manageable framework for the different categories around 
risk levels, right? And one of those, which was recently added, was misinformation. And because that is now a category, Zephyr really wanted to make sure that brands had full GARM coverage. We went out and we actually identified an AI company that can help scale and identify misinformation by integrating with fact-checking organizations. So it's one of those things that's really hard to do for misinformation because you actually need domain expertise. You can't just ask a regular person in the street, is this misinformation? Because they probably don't know, right? If they're not an expert in geopolitics or in healthcare or whatever sort of area that misinformation is being covered in, you really need a domain expert. So this company is integrating with fact-checking organizations, which I think is really an important service, especially ahead of the 2024 election, to have these fact-checkers scaled out and looking at content to verify if it's true or false. So we use that as training signal to actually train the AI. So the fact-checking provides the ground truth, the AI provides the scale, and because we acquired this company, we were able to actually really scale out misinformation detection in a way that was really hard to do previously. So we integrated that into our tech system and TikTok was the first platform to actually enable Zephyr to measure that as a global platform, which we think they should get a lot of credit for, to be honest, because there's really a lot of reasons to say no, a company can't measure uh, misinformation, but they went above and beyond. They said, you know what, it's part of the Grom framework now. We should have companies measure this, but we need to make sure it's technically accurate, right? Because you can't just measure something if you can't prove it's accurate. So we spent through a lot of time just training our systems, really honing in on the accuracy of our detection. And now it is globally available, which we think is really exciting. So TikTok is the first, but we expect this to be able to be scaled across all platforms because GARM is so important to these platforms. And we think all platforms are going to enable that. When you talk about the sheer amount of scale involved with misinformation, and this is one of those things that I feel there's a lot of misinformation about misinformation, oddly enough, what what is the just the, the, the rough number of uh, percentage of social sharing out there that is misinformation? I mean, if you were to pay attention to the media, it sounds like half of what you see is a lie or, you know, distorted in some way. I mean, you're looking at this stuff daily. So what is the real number, you know, approximately? Well, we joke, Richard, that if we were going to use our misinformation technology for anything, I think ad tech would be one of the most common use cases because it's really hard to figure out in our industry what's real and what's fake. But misinformation, it's it's really challenging. And you're right. It's just growing so exponentially. And I think a big part of that growth, right, is the rise of user-generated content and the idea that anyone can upload anything to all of these social platforms. If you think about traditional internet, there's domains and publishers where a brand can go in and they can say, you know what, I don't like this website, I don't like this domain, and they could just add that to a block list. But in social where everyone's a publisher, you, me, the person across the street, all have equal weight and voice, it becomes really challenging when there's no real quality control, right? So what we're really focused on is understanding all the different types of misinformation that can be out there. And there's two pieces of it. So there's one, there's the community standards. So each platform has their own community standards. They're all public. And what that's all about is around freedom of expression. What can a person share on YouTube versus TikTok versus Meta? They're all public. And that's all about kind of the town square mentality where everyone has a voice. The downside of that is if everyone has a voice, it's really hard to make sure that those voices are all saying accurate things because it's not just a social platform. If you just look at traditional television or print, there's just a lot of polarization out there. And some of it's true, some of it's not. That's, a, that's just massively expanding now on social media. And the biggest accelerant to, to that was the growth of generative AI. 
Uh, every single day now, there's just millions of posts happening across social platforms that are being generated by AI. And one of the biggest challenges is that's not based off of truth, right? You can create anything you want to based off of just really cool technology. And that's really dangerous in the hands of people around the world that are not journalists that are just posting content. So we think the growth of generative AI is going to be one of the biggest challenges in social platforms. And one of the reasons that misinformation detection needs an AI to be able to actually track and stop that generation. Interesting. And let me ask you this. There's a certain amount of us out in the internet and on social platforms, I may or may not be one of them, that are you know, have sort of a sarcastic tone at times about things where we're not necessarily trying to spread misinformation, but we may be speaking to something that we disagree with in a way that is, you know, a, a little bit outside the normal parameters of, I don't know, just I don't like this and here's why. You know, it, it might be more of a, I, I always think of them as the, yeah, right, whatever post. Um, how does AI kind of determine tone or even more so parody when it comes to misinformation? Yeah, and I think that's, that's a really good question. And I think AI is going to evolve over time. Mm -hmm. The key for us, and you said the word, right, is intent. Intent is the key right now for understanding and figuring out how to parse out misinformation based off of how harmful it is versus someone making a joke, right? And I think for us, that's where these GARM definitions become the ground truth. So what we do is we look at these GARM definitions, which is all about willfully misleading and harmful acts of misinformation, which is different from a person making a joke on social. So what we do is we actually take these definitions and we identify with our policy team examples that match the definitions, right? So we would train our system based off of the training data to find harmful acts of misinformation, whether that's political misinformation, healthcare misinformation, misinformation about brands specifically, which is one of the categories a lot of brands are coming to us about saying, hey, we're hearing people talk about our brand and saying we have these different values than we do. Um, that's really damaging to our overall reputation. So what we do is we actually find the examples that brands actually tell us are problematic as opposed to being really subjective internally. We use that as a policy. We work with our advertisers to actually uh, make the policy uh, unified with them. And from that policy, that's what we train our AI on, right? So it's not just broad misinformation. It's misinformation that's specifically picked out for what would a brand think is violative for their standards, all mapped to GARM. So the training data is really important. And from what we call training data, it's all based off of this policy work. And what that allows us to do is really make sure the AI is looking for things that match what we consider misinformation and not just span the gamut. Um, and that helps us really determine it. Now, is the AI perfect? It's never perfect. That's why we always have policy managers come through, look at the results. If there's something they're really missing, that's where we've retrained the system. And that's really important for us. It's not going to be perfect, but it is evolving pretty strongly over time. And what steps can brands take to do their part from their side when battling misinformation? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a very specific strategy for different mediums. Mm -hmm. And I think there's one medium, right, where you can think of traditional media, TV, print, radio, and their technology and the tools really work there to choose a site list or choose a program list, to do not air list. I think that's really a good place to start. Then I think there's a programmatic strategy for the open web where you can basically build a programmatic block list. Um, and that works really well because it's all text-based and looking at problems there. And there's companies that do that. 
What we think is more important is to actually separate out a specific social strategy because social is increasingly where spend is going, but it's also the hardest one to do with traditional tools. So really sit down, think about each platform, how misinformation can be spread on that platform, define a risk tolerance around it, and then come up with a pre-bid strategy, which is how do I make sure I'm avoiding this content pre-bid and a transparency strategy to make sure I'm actually seeing what kind of content and misinformation is showing up in my campaigns. So I think the step right now is taking specific actions based off of social versus digital versus traditional media, and then coming up with a technology blueprint to stop and then measure both sides. And Andrew, can you cite an example for us about this? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is still early days, but I think some of the more bleeding edge brands um, like General Mills, for example, they're using our technology to make sure across their social investments, across YouTube, TikTok, and Meta, that they are using technology to be proactive in the fight against misinformation. So even for brands, you may not have a political motive or be super involved in day-to-day -day politics. They're starting to put in strategies. And we've been working really closely between the agencies, the brands directly, and the platforms to make sure they have a strategy in place now so that when 2024 comes around, they're being proactive in avoiding misinformation and not waiting till after the fact. So I think brands like General Mills are on the bleeding edge, but a lot more brands are coming on board. For my last question, and it's funny, you actually reminded me of my last question uh, when you mentioned the person across the street from me. As I look across the street from me right now, they're gearing up for the 2024 presidential election. Misinformation seems to go almost hand in hand with any sort of elections at this point in time, unfortunately. How do you see this upcoming election impacting the, the battle against misinformation? Well, I think there's obviously tons of negatives with misinformation, but I think one of the benefits around almost the, the nonstop marketing and press that's been generated because of OpenAI over the last six months and ChatGPT has really given a, a big wake-up call to marketers to say, we need to have a strategy in place to make sure when the election is happening, we're not funding candidates that are pushing misinformation. So I almost feel like the last six months has been a blessing for the industry to get ahead of what will be a massive problem over the next year, which is candidates using all sorts of social tactics to try to use misinformation, disinformation to win over people on social media where people are open to listening to new ideas and maybe not thinking about whether it's true or not. So for brands, this the number one thing we want brands to make sure that they're aware of is first auditing their existing campaigns to make sure they're not supporting misinformation and political misinformation. And from that analysis, then we can make a plan together. How do we make sure that we're avoiding this going forward? Because the last thing a brand wants to do is unwillingly support a candidate, even if it's an implicit or explicit endorsement. They want to make sure that they're doing things in the right way. And, and this is something that we think is really important to just share data. And we think this is going to be probably the number one thing that marketers care about in the next year, how to make sure that they're not accidentally supporting misinformation around politics that could influence the election in 2024. Amazing, positive answer there, Andrew. I, I applaud you for that. That was that was great. Um, if one wanted to find out more about Zephyr and yourself, where would they go? Uh, yeah, visit www.zephyr.com and um, all of our information is in there. And it's uh, it's an exciting time. We, uh, as you mentioned earlier, we just launched the first meta product. We have uh, 
a lot going on right now. So if you're concerned about misinformation and, and violating um, some of your uh, brand guidelines, we can make sure that you have full transparency and also can better improve your campaigns going forward. Excellent. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for taking the time to be on today. This was, this was very, very interesting. Thanks, Richard. Thanks for listening. For more content like this, be sure to visit www.advertisingweek.com slash podcasts and check out our expanding roster of programming for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries. Thank you.